and welcome to an Out of the Closet mini-episode for The Game Agenda. That's that podcast where four gay guys get together and bring a game out of the closet and onto the table. We are doing that today with Ra. Classic Ra. Grr, arg, Ra. No, no not Ra. pirate Ra. No, Ra. This is Egyptian Ra. Oh. The, but, the sun god? The, sure, yeah. Sun god. Okay. Uh, sun god. It's very bright and shiny on this one. Yeah, so, it's the sun god because we have little suns that we're yes, using. Exactly. So you, we'll talk all about the theme and all that fun stuff as well. But first off, just a little bit about the game for those of you who may not be in the know. Uh, Ra is the game that's now been published twice. I think two different publishers we've had. More than that, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's gone through the, the whole mill a couple times. Originally published uh, by Rio Grande Games, I think. That Correct. was the version we played but mm-hmm. there's been a new version of it recently um uh, by z-man games i believe correct they just re-released it it's yeah. been out of print back in the closet for a long time that is why we are bringing it out because now you at home can finally get this game there's also an app too you can you can get it digitally there's a whole bunch of ways to play raw now yeah uh reiner Knizia is very good about turning all of his games into apps okay folks don't know it's funny i just had um, was downloading some apps the other day and he has a bundle so you can yep. get all three game. What is it? It's raw. It's um, forbidden. Oh. No, not forbidden desert. Uh, what was it? Um, the Tigris and Euphrates. Tigris and Euphrates. Yep. And mm-hmm. Medici, maybe, or something like that. Like, Possibly. I think it's a grouping of all three apps, so you can play them online, uh, but also um, bring them to the table and, th- and be social. I think he's one of the most uh, prolific game designers oh, in yeah. the industry. Well, and I think when we get into it a little bit more, you're going to see why how solid the game itself is. It's a two to five player game, and it's a Fairly quick play. Yeah, I'd know? say about maybe half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, depending on how mm-hmm. fast everybody is at doing it, but that's what's maybe kind of like fun Maybe like an about hour it. if you've got some AP. Well, no, <laughs> I, th- I think in general, yeah, an hour is a good, you know, if you're going to box some time, you know, to aside for what you're going to be doing, yeah, I think about an hour is what it is. So how do you play, Kevin? Oh, gosh. Um, it's, a, it's one of my favorite things in the world. It's a bag drawing game. So there's a little bit of pusher luckness. There's some bidding going on. It's basically the idea is, well... From a story point of view, Ra, as we mentioned before, Matt, I think you said, you know, the sun god. So there is an Egyptian theme going on. Uh, in it, there are different tiles that you're going to be pulling out. And the, the players are trying to bid on those things uh, over three rounds. And what you're trying to do is collect certain kinds of ways to get points so that by the end, obviously, you are the winner of the game in victory points. So it starts with um, somebody pulling something out of the bag. It goes into the main kind of board. And at that point, people decide if they're going to bid. You have these tiles that have numbers on them, 1 through 16, I think, or 15, right? Mm-hmm. Depends 16. on the player count. Yeah. And depends yes. on the player count. If you don't have all five players, you do less. And so you're going to be using those to kind of make your ch- your kind of bid foray into the, into the mix. And you're trying to get... Get collections of things, whether they be monuments, civilizations, um, you have fields, you know, that you're, you're growing crops. So it's all these different um, things kind of related to old Egyptian culture that you're getting points in different ways. If you have collections of different monuments or a certain amount of the same monument, you get points. If you have a certain amount of pharaohs, you get points. So you get points in many different ways. And it changes over the three rounds. Some things last through all three rounds and some things go away after each round. And so part of the strategy is deciding what you're going to um, go after. You know, is, are you doing the long-term strategy or are you doing something pretty quick? Yeah, I think this game is a great introduction to kind of an auction mechanic. If you've never experienced an auction mechanic before, this, this game will very quickly teach you what it is, how it works, and how to play it. Um, it, it it's, it's a game where the value of the tiles really changes and varies based on who you're playing with and 
the order in which the tiles came out during uh, that playthrough. Mm -hmm. You know, which is one of the reasons why I think this is a classic game that you know doesn't get um, as much play anymore because it is somewhat old and 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 it looks a little outdated. But it's yeah. not. It, fe- it feels, yeah, a little bit older, but I think the, the play is very strong. What's also fun about it, too, is when the auction aspect comes up, there's two ways it can come up. One, somebody calls it when it's their turn, or when they pull something out of the bag, they get one of the raw tiles, and it's called raw, and then that starts the auction as well. So it's sometimes planned, sometimes not planned. And for me, that's always the fun part. When you, you, know, you have three tiles, uh, three... Uh, basically bidding, bidding tiles. You get to bid, win three bids pretty yes. much per round. Yes, and they you know they vary in the numbers. And so if you kind of bid early and you've gone out, you're watching the little raw tracker, and every time someone's drawing into the bag, you're kind of under your breath chanting raw, 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 trying to hope that they actually pull <laughs> out the raw. Because if they uh, if, if raw hits a certain limit, the game round ends, and people who have not yet finished their bids you know, just lose out. It's yeah. immediately so over. That's what's interesting, Larry, that you can miss out on bidding mm-hmm. if you push your luck a little too long. Yep. I mean, I think that's what, that's to me what makes Raw such a fun game is that it's it's a bidding game, but it's also a push your luck game. Uh, and what you're bidding on is not a fixed quantity. You know, in most games, it's like this thing's for bid, everybody bids on it, right? In Raw, it's like what what you're bidding on, every turn you keep drawing tiles until a Raw is drawn. So you don't know, like, oh, when it gets to you, you're like, ooh, do I want to call Raw? And we bid on what's out here. But is that good enough for me to want to bid on? And the different number of tiles are ranked in order. So depending on what number of tiles I have might change when I decide to call Raw. Like, if I have a bunch of low tiles and I don't think I can win very much, I want to call Raw a lot because then I want to bid to get at least what I think I can get out of my low tiles. Whereas if I have high number tiles, I want to wait and wait and wait. Yeah, you want to put pressure on people to feel like they have to spend their higher tiles to get stuff that they want. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to snipe it from them, you know, for, for a lower amount. And a turn is quick in this game. That's one of the things that I think is appealing about this game for maybe new uh, gamers Mm -hmm. um, to jump into, where your choice really is, do I draw the tile or not? And then once it's, you know, if it's a raw or if you decide to call raw, what am I bidding? And it's kind of as simple as that. And although that undercuts, I think, how complex the choice may be. Yeah, it's got a lot of that drafting component where things really care about what other tiles you have. You mm-hmm. need at least one flood for your flood planes to score, right? Because if there's no flood, they don't do anything. You need certain groups of monuments, either like the same thing or a lot of different monuments kind of going wide in order to score points off monuments. I had four monuments, but none of them were repeated and I didn't have enough to get points. That cost me. Those are all just wasted tiles. You need to make sure you get in certain kind of tiles, otherwise you'll lose points. You need to make sure that you don't end up with the fewest kind of tiles. So everything is very relative to itself. There are a couple tiles that are just worth points on their own, but everything else and is they're very great. dynamic. <laughs> but you're just, right, everything else yeah, exactly. relates to each other, which exactly. makes this a little more it, complex. Exactly. It, can, it makes evaluating tiles very different from person to person, where mm-hmm. you know Larry might really care about monuments, but... Kevin or Matt don't really care at all, and mm-hmm. that has to factor into my decision on do I call Raw or not, and try and force Larry to do something now while he can get those monument tiles. And so, then because there's that clock, it's always so interesting because you're deciding to pass on stuff sometimes, and you don't know if you're going to get anything. And so sometimes, even if it isn't a great set of things out there, you're, you're realizing like, well, we're getting down to the end now. I need to just 
I need to just bid even if I'm spending my good tiles just so I can get something. Well, that's always an exciting moment too when everybody else has passed but you're the last one in mm-hmm. and there's like maybe one more raw that can be drawn before you bust. And so it's always, uh, okay, I have three things. Do I go for four? Okay, I went for four and I'm good. Okay, do I keep going now or do I stop? That, that, that decision making, mm-hmm. that tension uh, is just a fun experience for me in the game. And I think what adds to that is everybody at the table's feeling that tension, you know, maybe... They want you to bust, but uh-huh. like there is definitely a participation that happens because you're seeing what other people are building. So while there's, mm-hmm. you know, but making their own strategy out of this thing, you are invested in what they're doing just the littlest bit because, you know, maybe you want that tile that they need or you want to make sure they don't get it because then they're going to have the five more points than you. So let's talk for a second about the Z-Man release. Um, I believe its price point right now is at roughly $60 retail. Ooh. That's a lot of money. And, and you know, yeah. the prices for board games have been going up. Yeah. But for what this game is, is that, do you think, perhaps an impediment to someone getting it kind of brand new? Or should folks try and look for it now that it's more readily available, kind of secondhand used or something like that? I, I definitely was surprised when I heard the price just because the base game of Raw, I don't. I don't know exactly how much it was, but I feel like the retail price was like more like $40. Uh, but that was, you know, 10, 15 years right, ago. Right, right. And right. obviously it looks, the new one looks nicer. But what's interesting is the components aren't even all better. Most of the components look nicer and, and feel nicer in the new raw. But the bidding tiles, uh, instead of wood, thick wood pieces in the old raw, in the Fantasy Flight version, they're just... Um, like just, Z-Man, Z-Man version. It's, oh, it's right. not Fantasy Flight? No, it's Z-Man. No, it's Z-Man. Oh, so weird. It looks like a Fantasy Flight game in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just has um, Cardboard Punchboard, which oh. is a little bit... Oh, yeah, because we mm-hmm. were playing the um, the Rio Grande one, and that has the nice big wood tiles. That's mm-hmm. so... That's like, to me, any kind of game with tiles, so much nicer when you have wooden tiles. Mm-hmm. My question is, how much was this game before they reprinted it? I mean, if it was hard to get, are we talking about that... Sixty dollars is way down from correct where it was. I mean, and that's what was that's it that hard player. to get? I didn't yes. realize that. it was out of print for a long time, oh. and so okay. it would go it would go for a hundred plus bucks on right. you know eBay. That's well, there you go. If you're, reprint, <laughs> if you're bringing the price down from where it was, it doesn't really matter that you know fifteen years ago the game was forty dollars. It wasn't anymore. Now though, I think you probably can find the Rio Grande version of Raw for less than you could before right. because the game is now readily available. Yeah, so the scarcity of it isn't as, as hard to get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, th- there's an app where I totally recommend folks check out the app. It's yeah. definitely a game that I think everybody should play a couple times yep. and, 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 and really evaluate whether they want to add it to your collection. I think this is one of those classics that stands the test of time and is definitely something people should add to their collection. Yeah. There's, a, there's a reason why it's getting reprinted and the reason why we wanted to talk about it and, and get it out on the table it's a solid, solid game. I agree, and I'm not usually a proponent for this, but I would say get the app. It's a lot cheaper to try it out first. And then once you convince all your friends that you got to play it, then you can all chip in and get the board version. Yeah, I think I think there's just so much going on in this game that makes it a lot of fun. Another thing that is really interesting that we didn't even talk about yet is the way the tiles work for bidding is that there's there's everybody's got tiles, and then there's one tile in the middle, and when you're bidding on a bunch of of 
you know, tiles for your, for your sieve, uh, you're also going to be trading out the tile that you win the bid with with the tile that's out there. And then that tile that you're picking up is what you have to bid next time. Uh, and so there's a lot of this ebb and flow of, of like, oh, I could, you know, I could go for this big, awesome set of stuff that could get me points right now. But if I'm going to end up with a low bidding tile, the next round I'm going to be really hurt. Uh, and I think that's a really interesting element of this game is balancing what's what the, t- the stuff you're going to get versus the tile that you're going to get and to that point matt too i mean what i like about the game is it is only three rounds and so while it is asking you to think in the future it's only asking you to think three rounds through mm-hmm. and you start in the first round so you really don't have that far to go so it's not overwhelming i think new gamers are not going to be you know freaking out that they have to plan something that mm-hmm. far apart but it does ask you to not just think of the moment well, and I think that given just how simple the individual actions are, it's actually really good for teaching somebody. You know, Larry's original point was this is a very good introduction to a bidding game, and I think that's accurate. If you're not paying attention to everything, the depth is there if you want it. But if you're not paying attention, you can just play it. You can say, like, I don't want two tiles. I want to wait until it's four tiles. And, I mean, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, but at the end of the day, like, two is more than four, and it's not the worst strategy either. You can kind of play it way more casually than we're making it out, but we're all much more hardcore gamers, and, of course, we're thinking of how all the strategy relates. Um, But I know that we've played it. The first time I played it was with a pretty big group. It plays up to five, and all of us were just learning, I think. Maybe Matt was there. I don't remember. It was a while ago now. Um, And we didn't go into all the strategy and talk in depth. We explained how the the tiles work, and I think Larry crushed us, but that's to be expected, right? Like he did this time. (laughs) Like he did this time. I I like this game a lot, and um, I'm partial to the monuments, and I feel like the monuments always score a lot of points. Uh, Um, If you can get them. You know. the, the funny thing with the monuments is they don't score till the end of the game. So I'm always the person who's kind of like, when I see the monument, I think in my head, just that's just one point. You know, because mm-hmm. if you just get some amount of monuments, unless you get a lot of them, they are just one point each. And I never think of it. And Larry's just over there picking up all the monuments. This time he had, it was absurd. He had five of one monument. Which is like 15 points. Every, you, you every 20, monument. You had over I, 25 points, I think, in monuments alone. I had 25 points yep. in the monuments alone, which is, yep. I think almost the score of some of the other players. Yeah. It's probably more than me. (laughs) It was more than Nick's, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's just, it's yeah, it's so interesting. But with that being said, I don't feel like there was a time, like there are some games where people can hide how what their strategy is or where they're getting their points. You can clearly see what people are collecting. And you know that monuments are that amount. And in fact... For one round, I tried to stop you from getting that seventh monument, mm-hmm. you know, so that you wouldn't both, get extra points. Both you and Matt did that. Yeah, yeah. You the both... Sphinx came up, and mm-hmm. that was the last one that Larry needed, and so we just, you know, we we swooped it out from him. But he, and what's fun too is, yeah, you see what people are going for, and you can also sort of bait them into stuff. Yes. Like earlier in the game, I saw when the fifth one of one of the monuments came out, there was almost nothing else out there, but I knew Larry wanted it. And so I just immediately called Raw because I knew that he would bid for it. I mean, that's that's the mechanics of an auction game. It's mm-hmm. it's the how much are you going to pay for it? I think I can make you pay more for exactly. it than it's really worth. And and it's it's that that mind game. You know, that's that is classic auctions. Yeah, I'm a fan of auction games. I know not everybody at the table is, but um, it's but it's one of those things that if you're into that kind of play. Plus, also for me, you just put a bag with tiles in it, and I'm sold. I'm, I'm a very easy, you know, sell that way when it comes to games. I mean, for the most part, I would say. But you know, it's like opening a little one. present. It is. Everything's like, what's it going to be? Everything's in a, an adventure and a surprise. Uh, so overall, I mean, Larry, we were talking about the price on this. Um, 
but it does feel like it's a it's a it's kind of a foundation game that people should should experience. I, I agree. It's a it's a foundation game. It's it's a Settlers of Catan esque game that I think um, helps teach folks the basics of game mechanics get, that get repeated through a lot of different games in a very easy way. And I think in a lot of ways is. Um, one of those classic games that people will point to to demonstrate some of these mechanics. Um, so it's it's for someone who's maybe just starting to to build out a board game collection. This is certainly something I would recommend that they they try and find. So Nick, as somebody who doesn't love auction games, you know, just in general, what are some of your thoughts of what works for Ra? Um, I like that what pops up is variable. I think that that's just a cool mechanic. I've seen it repeated in Medici and a lot of this, and the same yeah. designers. Um, Strategies and makes I, I enjoy that aspect to it that there's a little bit of randomness to it. Um, I do like how much depth there is in terms of strategy. Uh, that I think is just very well designed. There's a lot of things to pay attention to, and if you you know this game can be kind of as deep as you want it to almost. And I, I really like that aspect. How about you, Matt? Um, how about me? What, what about what? what do you think about Raw? <laughs> What's good about Raw? I love Raw. I love auction and bidding games, uh, and Raw is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I think there's a lot to do with it. I love raw dice also, which yes, we briefly talked about that's that before we recorded. Very like out of print and impossible to get, but uh, it's basically raw. But as a dice game, uh, yeah, I think there's so much going on. I love that you start the game with a blank slate. Everybody sort of has the same incentives at the beginning, but then as you go over time and you start collecting tiles, you are paying attention to what the other players have, and it really changes how you want to bid. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting decisions in each bidding, you know, each little section to bid for. So I really like that. I agree. It's a classic for a reason. So Ra, you can get it many different ways. There's a couple different published versions. Look for the newest one. Z-Man is probably the most available, uh, but there's the app as well. And and if you're able to find Ra Dice, Matt recommends that as a, as a thing to find. It's very hard to find. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to find. That's if you're a searcher, you can go looking for that. So that's our quick brief episode on Ra. Uh, tune in, obviously, next week for us to come back, and we're going to be reviewing a whole new game and telling you what we've been playing and all that fun stuff. Check us out on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Game Agenda. Get us on Facebook as well, The Game Agenda. Or um, subscribe here and make sure you get the podcast magically delivered to your device each week so you don't miss an episode. Ooh, I know, ah, it's magical. Where can, ah. where can we get the podcast? Well, anywhere you find your podcast, but specifically you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, the Apple, po- uh, was it Apple Podcasts is the new name for it. Correct. All those places you can find us. So look for us there. Uh, I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. I'm Nick. And I'm Matt. And that is the mini Out of the Closet Game Agenda. Bye. Bye. Bye.